everyone, and welcome to YukikiCast episode 7. As always, I'm your host, OneTed59. We have a very special guest today. Our guest today, an excellent tasser of a lot of different games, least of all of them, SM64. Hello today to MK Dasher. How are you doing today, MK? Hey, what's up? I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> nice to hear. So, starting off, for people that may not follow Tasses that much, or Mario Kart DS that much. For people that aren't very familiar with you, who are you and what do you do? So, yeah, um, basically, I'm I, I MK Dasher. I have been doing YouTube content since, like, 2008, and I have been oh, involved wow. in, like, various speedrunning communities. Like, first, it was Mario Kart. Then I jumped to Super Mario 64, where I mainly did tool-assisted speedrunning, and then I also joined Pokemon community. So, I mean, I have always been involved with Nintendo communities. Yeah. But, yeah, that was mostly those. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're in a ton of them. You're one of the few SM64 tassers that actually tasses, like, other games, which is which is great. So... I mentioned when interviewing a couple people like uh, Quate, Tyler Caney, that um, there's some people that have predated me in the scene. Um, Tyler predated me by a couple months, but you've been involved in at least SM64 tasks for quite a lot longer, having been involved since at least 2012 when the uh, 120 star task was made. So with that in mind, how did you first get into SM64? Okay, so... Um... With M64, SM64 as a game itself, it sure. was because I play, I played it, I played it as a child. So it was like in the early 2000s, 2000, mm -hmm. 2001, mm -hmm. which was I think when Project 64 was first released. So I, I actually didn't have an, a Nintendo 64, but I, I already had a PC with, with emulator. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that's when I first played the game, and then I didn't play the game until almost maybe 2007 2008 and it was when i first uh, watched a uh, tool assisted speedruns on dashvideos.org mm -hmm. i found i think it was the super mario zero star tas by i don't know if if it was the shortlist link and aka which task was I it think it uh, the series, the series star TAS by oh, Zero Star, Link, um, yeah, 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 AKA, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I obviously didn't understand what was going on because I didn't know back then what was a tool assisted speedrun. Mm -hmm. And then after that, since it was a, I, I mean, for every game that I have been playing like lately, it was because I played it as a child. So it happened the same with Super Mario 64. So I wanted to like get into a speedrunning community. And in the end, it was like I decided to do it in 2012. Nice. So that was essentially, well, first of all, I'm going to report you to Nintendo, mister. Emulation is illegal, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> um, so since 2012, you've became like one of the one of the real top names in SM64 or just not even SM64, just like tasking in general. So how did you manage to get so good over the years? Yeah, so I I picked like Super Mario 64 really quickly, and it's funny because I tried to pick it much before, like in 2010. Mm -hmm. But I I realized that 
at that time, Super Mario 64 was probably the most optimized to a 63 speedrun like that involved 3D on that yeah. had like very hard movement. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not taking into account probably some NES games which Yeah, like are the original probably, Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Which are probably easier to optimize. And and I tried to learn how to do assisted speed from other games just to get into Super Mario 64 at the uh, at the very end. And then <laughs> when I joined the community I found it wasn't like I expected to it like much harder to me. Yeah. But I I I pick it really quickly and it it was just a couple of months after I found myself working into big projects and I don't know I I guess it's just the way I approach uh, to the system speed speed running in general. I I I picked it li- like really quickly. I uh, I wouldn't know how to explain it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you've just you've just done so much for the scene, and like, mm-hmm. I'm very much appreciative of it and all the work you've done. So, I've talked with a lot of people about different like eras of SM64, from like all the way back yeah. on the forums to like when everybody was on Skype to Facebook group to Discord. So you've been around, well, you've been around since like it's way, way back then. Um, what? How would you say? Let me rephrase. What do you think? What do you wish was still around back then versus now in the Tassin community? Sorry, can you repeat? Uh, what or who do you wish was still around from back then in the earlier eras of SM64 compared yeah. to now? Um, let me think. So people I probably miss. I mean that they are not active. Not. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably ta- uh, as a tassers, like maybe like Silence Layers, who is still an active tasher, but I I wish like he was was able to yeah, task yeah. more. But people that have been like uh, not really active right now, maybe Nahok. Hmm. Because I worked so much with him in two thousand and twelve um, I kind of miss well like seeing him tasking. Yeah, yeah. And other people that were in the scene back then, like Kaiman and Moltov, maybe. Oh yeah, some of the really old names that have been around forever yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I'm trying to think about more names, but I don't know. I, I mean, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I'm probably missing some more, but yeah. Yeah. So, how has the community changed over the years? So yeah, I. I, I know you mentioned like uh, the first days were like Skype days, but before that it was a- MSN Messenger. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I kind of joined that, when uh, they, me the a community. Bit. Yeah, I I kind of joined when the community was already moving to Skype. But I know uh, people back in the day, like uh, like uh, Sonic Parker, Nahok, and mm-hmm. Silence Layers, and those people uh, talked in MSN Messenger. So yeah, and the community has changed a lot because right now I think the community is much bigger than it was before. Yeah, and also the biggest difference I think is that now the speed running community is much much bigger than it was before like back in 2010 i think the tasing community was bigger than the speed running community in mario 64 really yeah because 
think that uh, the speedrunning communities didn't get much big until the live streams became like a popular oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, that's when Twitch came out. There were already people like live streaming in mm-hmm. how was it called? Justin TV or I don't remember. Yeah, it was Justin TV. Yeah. Yeah, but the speedrunning was wasn't as popular until maybe Seeklemic came out back in 2011. So I think that Dashing community was a bit bigger. Well, I I don't know, but I think so. Huh. And yeah, it was like you know a, a Skype meet, a Skype group with maybe ten people, eleven people. There was like more talking forums instead of having a Discord, like a big platform. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the the communication is much is very different, and also now there's like much more people. There are much more resources to learn how to test. So I think it's it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, there's a. I know there's a lot of people that have. It's been a lot more open, I think, too, with how just like random people just coming in and being like, "Hey, uh, I want to test." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. So, one thing that I do miss a little bit compared to back then is some of the active, more Japanese community in terms of testing. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to see a couple of them come back a little bit during the middle of like yeah. 2020 during the task competitions. Um, so what was the old, how did the old Japanese task community work? And so the Japanese community back then, I, the thing is the Japanese community kind of died, I, just after I started in the scene, like mm. in 2012, like the community was already there. Mm-hmm. But just after the 120 star TAS was released, the Japanese the tassers became like very less active, uh-huh. except for a few tassers that have been still tass. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I I want to tell, now that you mentioned Japanese tassers, I miss a lot of them. Like Eru, I wish he was like more active. Mm-hmm. Miki, I I was really surprised that he came back. Yeah. The last month, so I miss it a lot. I I talk a lot with him in Skype. Oh, nice. Yeah, and and and, and the other two tasher that I miss is Bauru and and nothing. Mm, yeah, they were like really good back then, and probably in 2012 they were like the best tasher in my opinion. Oh wow! In terms of because I mean it's just, it's like a snark is like the most uh, the guy that optimizes the most, but mm-hmm. I think Bauru and nothing had like the all around skills yeah yeah if you know what i mean yeah Yeah. but yeah the testing community was like very separated from the non-japanese community Mm -hmm. and well i I mean we had a lot of issues with that in during the 120 star tas process because Mm -hmm. we had some inputs from them they didn't like them to they didn't want them um, us to to use them for for the final TAS and well, huh. we had a yeah, but the communication wasn't easy because mm, I mean we were able to talk like with Mickey, mm-hmm. uh, Gohan also he 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 speaks like English really well, but the others they were like um either you gave a YouTube comment or something, but mm-hmm. you couldn't really communicate with them. 
Yeah, they would be able to communicate as well as I would be able to communicate with them in Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. So why would they not want you to use that input? Yeah, so I think it's kind of the same that is happening now. Like this, this is the thing of, about how do you approach a 120 30 AS? And some people think that, okay, let's just make a, a 120 30 AS with what we have now and just complete a final product. Mm. And some other people is like, we don't want to finish this and until it's like 100 percent optimized. Yeah. And the Japanese starters were all uh, in that second. Um, they, they they all wanted to be like 100% percent Yeah, optimized. yeah, yeah. And they were actually keeping files private, and they didn't want to share all the, all of the content they had. Hmm. But then it's true that it was kind of our fault. But uh, Sonic Parker, Nahok, and I, which were like the main people that work it on the 120 starters. We actually took their files, we shared the M64 files with the whole non-Japanese community, hmm. and they didn't like that that much. Uh, <laughs> well, it happens. And yeah, in the end, we finally, I mean, we completed the, the TAS, but yeah, the Japanese community didn't, didn't want to... They didn't like it that much. Huh. That's... Well... So, yeah, that's basically what happened, but, well... It's all in the past now at this point. That was almost yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. ago, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it has been a, a while since then. Yeah. Huh. So, on the topic of the 120-star task, so how did that actually, like, get together? Like, how did that start? So... I don't. I cannot tell anything before 2012 because mm -hmm. I wasn't there. So I I started in in the community in March 2012, which was exactly when the 70s 30s came around. Uh -huh. So I wasn't there, but in let's say summer uh, 2012, uh, there was like a new intention of starting a. 120 30 AS. Mm -hmm. Like after like two or three months, like the community wanted to start it again, but then uh, the community would get stuck in one star or something. So it was at this point when uh, Sonic Parker, Nahok, and I decided to let's just continue and we want to. I I mean, at this point we just want to have a completed run, yeah. Start completed because the only task completed back then was the Rikus the TAS mm -hmm. which was at 139 and it's like um, it's slow it's not really showing yeah it's not really showing any uh, optimized tool, uh, strategy mm -hmm. because I mean you can now tell that I mean that TAS uh, has a lot of flows and you yeah. can improve a lot of them but you can see that the strategies used back then are very up to date until now like there are not that many new things mm -hmm. except for maybe viewers or but well yeah but and yeah we just took all this the secret start tasks we had and basically we just um uh tasked the, the 100 coin tasks mm -hmm. and the rest was just taking all the files trying to rng manipulate as best as we can i 
it was when I first started to learn how to use Lua, Lua script. So yeah. So that was just for RNG manipulation, and yeah, we finally completed the 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 whole task, and we just released it. Nice. So, huh? That's because I mean I'm not, I'm just saying. In your YouTube hype video, you say it was five years worth of work. So I'm just saying. Uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because all the content we took uh, was from the previous five years, like. Mm-hmm. It's like all the single start tasks that had been worked in the previous five years, we took all that and we joined it. But the actual uh, task, like how long it took, it was probably four months. Huh. Huh. I was always under the impression it was like being worked on specifically for a lot longer. Huh. That's good to know. Yeah. So with the con- with talking about those single star tasks, um, actually, no, let's. Let's hold off on single star tasks for a little bit. So, how okay. did you expect what? How did you expect the hundred twenty star task to be received? Because the last one had been around since like was Riku's in two thousand seven. It'd been a long time since an updated one. What? How did you think about that? So I think it was going to receive very well, and I think that's how that was happened at the time because we actually. Uh, made a lot of hype around that test like mm-hmm. when uh, like a lot of people can remember the Nahox uh, hype video oh yeah that's still... a classic <laughs> yeah 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 we work a lot on doing that we uh, Sonic Parker and I also and uh, a step I mean, the Japanese community didn't have that much impact into the main tasking community back then, which was taskvideos.org. And mm-hmm. everybody knew back then that also the Super Mario 64 community was the biggest or the second biggest task community back then also. Mm-hmm. So people knew that the final content was going to be good. I guess people cannot tell how optimized it is because when you are just watching a run you can tell if a strategy is good or not but yeah. you cannot tell if it's improvable by two frames yeah so the final content i thought it was going to receive very well because we actually had like many new stuff that we didn't show until it was released uh, there were like a, a couple hmm. of stars for example the yeah that, huh, the that makes a lot of sense in yeah i mean it was famous tiny huge Sorry, go ahead. island and the monkey death warp oh yeah the death uh, star mean, glitch the death yeah the death star glitch that that like we had a lot of the stars that we didn't show so so it was like also building more hype and yeah i think we did a good job in publicizing the the task in the previous months yeah it was man it was i remember i didn't even I wasn't even like aware of like what tasks were at the time. That didn't even really happen until later for me. And I still remember like being super hyped about like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, oh man, they're going, they're going through the walls and through the doors. Yeah. <laughs> and they do have to swim at that one point. But anyway, <laughs> that was a great era of SM64. So, um, so let's, let's go back to the single star thing that I was talking about earlier. So 
you mentioned how 120 star tasks kind of stitched together a lot of the existing single star times. Um, yeah. What was what's the process of how someone would actually like work on a single star back then? I don't think it differs that much from now, except that people wouldn't just release uh, an M64 file in Discord and mm -hmm. so everybody can watch. It's more like uh, somebody will just work on a TAS and then it will be uploaded to YouTube and then other people will just probably take information of that video and make it by himself and upload an improvement and then maybe if you knew the other person you could ask uh, via MSN Messenger or Skype or whatever mm -hmm. about that file. We also had this um, website it was super smc4.org .org, yeah. yeah and there were forms there that people would submit their m64 files as well huh. but yeah i mean it was kind of like that like one people could work on it there were also cooperative works back mm -hmm. by the time uh, i remember having a few with nonsense for example in piranhas plants like it, it's, kind, it's kind of a meme now because I was like I learned like Mario 64 tasking so fast but I wasn't able to do pipe clips <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he still remembers it he still remembers to me that now <laughs> that's pretty funny and yeah like I mean if, if there were like two people interested and they knew each other they could work on a star together and I mean it's true that right now it cannot happen that much but it was a time of discovering things and applying mm -hmm. to start. So, yeah, there was... I think it was it was even more like that two years before I entered because in 2012 they were a lot of stuff discovered already. But yeah, it was like, okay, I found this strategy faster. I'm gonna upload a video and then another imp uh, upload a video optimizing it. it. It was more like sharing in YouTube and maybe ask privately about M64. Huh. So it was a lot. It was a bit more or less open, but there was more stuff to find. Yeah, exactly. Huh. That's huh. Let's see. That's really interesting to me, actually, because I, I obviously that predates all me. So when I was around, it was basically like, hey, uh, <laughs> I really just came around during like the one key era of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of one key, how did working on that project, which was I believe the first like real big SM64 project uh, since 120. How do working on that project differ from um, the 120 star task? Okay, so I remember that after 120 star task, I did a, a bit of testing in 2013, but then I I can I I don't know. I think I lost motivation because I didn't know what to do. There weren't. Mm -hmm task competitions back then yeah so i didn't do a lot of super mario 64 stuff but then i saw the pu video that sonic parker upload that showed that it was possible to get through the motor mm -hmm. and as soon as i saw that video I, I got interested again obviously i talked to him I, and then i entered in this famous facebook group mm -hmm. <laughs> where we were all going to work on, on this project. And it was actually 
very interesting because uh, I really loved working with Tyler Kinney because oh, yeah. it was like he would teach me a lot about how to understand the like there was a lot of things that were discovered at that time because of that first it was parallel universes mm -hmm. and something really interesting that was discovered was actual quarter frames oh yeah like uh, the um, the reaction we all had is like okay we knew that was a thing but we didn't understand how it worked so oh so you had to essentially just like what try it until it were, worked like, instead of actually like understanding like, it really good yeah and while he was like teaching me how to do all this i was like trying to teach him how to the like the basic the basic concepts of tasking and mm -hmm. helping with that so i remember for example when we were working on the pu in the mode mm -hmm. he was like okay i i need to exit the mode with i don't know a three million speed can you get that please and i i will get that uh, i will do like the tasking part and then i gave the file to him and he will do all the swimming and and that and pulling of the the PU because I didn't really understand how it worked back then. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, I learned a lot of stuff in that time because like so many new things came out. Like I yeah. think Tyler Kinney like did really revolutionize Tassin, like and how to understand the game. Oh yeah, like in, on a more technical level versus kind of like yeah exactly exactly yeah versus more like heuristically before that. Yeah. So yeah, like, like before, uh, all the data we had is RAM memory. So it was like, mm -hmm. okay, we knew that uh, I don't know, a BLJ, um, the highest speed you can get for a BLJ setup is like minus uh, 15.9999. Uh, mm -hmm. All that stuff that you can see. Yeah. But all the things that work inside, we didn't know anything or almost anything so it was when tyler kenny came out that we learned a lot a lot of that stuff huh so yeah that's I, I never really thought about how like concepts today that i now take for granted like stuff like that like quarter frames for example is like like i i some part of my head was just like oh yeah they must have known about those in like 2012 or something but yeah it's like it's like we actually knew about them mm -hmm. in in but the way we took that is like okay i know i'm frame advancing and mario is like not even moving so i'm just going to change my angle so mario moves more yeah but we didn't really understand exactly what was happened there yeah you were you were doing a treatment rather than a cure for the issue yeah exactly exactly hmm. so with all the with all the technological advancements um how how was like how have those changed? Like nowadays versus back then you had to like just essentially kind of just wiggle around a little bit and try to get those. Now with all the, like the knowledge and decomp and Stroop and your own input Lua that you made. Um, yeah. How does that compare to the stuff back then? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's the three main things that has changed a lot. Uh, like the decomp has helped uh, understand the internal things of the game so mm -hmm. people actually now can explain every single trick that happened like before that we knew the tricks but some of them we probably couldn't explain properly mm -hmm. and i 
I don't know if I can think of any other example right now, but but yeah, exactly. And yeah, uh, Stroop, for example, was a really big uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I, ha I have been using it since it was released. Like, there was a lot of people from my era, I think, that has had tried to, like, be still using MHS or something. <laughs> because, I mean, I guess it, you get used to it and it's mm -hmm. utterly hard to change. And I can get some advantage of, of it. Like, MHS can be, like... Um, configured in a very small square and probably a strip like takes more space mm -hmm. so if you are if you are pretty used to it i i understand that it's hard to change yeah but i i i have always been trying to adapt to the like the new situation so yeah 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 so i think yeah and the strip gives a lot of information that you actually need to know in order to be able to touch properly mm -hmm. And decomp as well. And in the input Lua, it was something I wanted to do back in 2012, but I didn't have enough knowledge to to work on that. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I remembered that I wanted to do it in 2017, I was like, okay, I need to do this. And I think it has helped a lot um, Oh yeah. in terms of time consuming, because... Like lately, I don't know. I I can probably give the sample of Plus. He has been testing some stars that he took like 90k frames or something like that. If he wanted to do the same level of optimization with input Lua, it would have been like much more. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it just helps a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then how long would you say you actually worked on that? Like, you say you came out in, like, 2017 was when you got the idea, but, like, I, I mean, know, like I how much have you actually put into before, that, I would say. And I don't know how long it took me to do it. I don't think it was that much, even. Um, so the thing with Input Lua is that I didn't know how to do it before because I needed to do some technical stuff, like mm -hmm. how to calculate the actual movement based on a formula and the camera and etc. Mm -hmm. And it was as soon as it was work on a Stroop, like Panen was trying to do that in a Stroop, but he had the problem that if trying to do this as an external tool, since the emulator has have a two yeah. frame delay, you couldn't actually do a input Lua. Uh, like you could do something like that, but you will need to like. You need to know like two frames in the future. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as I knew that that all this stuff was known, I just asked Pan and Coke like about these formulas, and I and I did uh, everything on the Lua, and it came out to like really quickly. I probably took me three or four days. Oh wow. And I mean that was like the first person, which wasn't like really nice and nice looking. But then I kept working on it because everybody actually wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. Everyone was and like, oh, wow, the this thing is... I, the, th the thing I like about the input Lua is like, as I said, per, for example, in a Stroop, um, people took time to adapt to the new to the new system and the new tool. Uh, yeah, the new tool. 
but for input Lua it was like everybody picked the input Lua straight ahead, straight away, and nobody even came back to not using it. <laughs> yeah, because it's just so useful, right? Because it's just so useful and so easy to use that now nobody that knows how to use it tries to test anything without it. Yeah, it just saves so much time. It's just so much of yeah, a time save. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I want to talk about a little bit, changing topics a little bit, I want to talk about your most recent project in SM64 that you worked on, um, the Shindo BLJ list task showcased at uh, GDQ 2020. Uh, this is the most recent release project, I should say. Um, so, how did that project come about? Yeah, showcasing it was SGDQ, right? Yeah, it was yeah. SGDQ twenty twenty. I was there. And, yeah, and you and you gave the commentary of that. Yeah, that was really nice. <laughs> Thank you. And so, um, so I am um, okay. Let me think about that. Yeah, so it was Super Devo, I think, who discovered that it was possibly faster to go to BOB at the beginning instead hmm. of doing the hyperspeed wall kicks in the, in the lobby. lobby. Yeah. And as soon as he found that it was possibly faster and people started working on it, I was like, okay, I think I'm finally motivated to do something because I show I saw potential in that in that project. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it could also show a lot of new things. So that also gave me a more motivation. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, okay, I need to think about the other parts of the run to see if they can be improved as well. And I guess one of the good things uh, I have done is that I have the experience since 2012, mm-hmm. and I have seen a lot of dual-assisted speedrun videos of Super Mario 64 that I remember almost everything that has been done in the past. So oh, wow. I remember that TOT did a very fast, um, very fast setup in the, in the basement? 30 star door skip. Yeah. I but I didn't find the video did and then after that I found the video but not when I was working on the Shindo BLJ list but at the end I I figured it out how how it worked and I think it was Fitz Spence who also worked on that with me he he figured out how to build the speed at the very at the very beginning the fastest way huh. and we end up saving it was more than a minute over the previous submit run that Snark did, I think. We saved like 64 seconds or something on on his task. Yeah, and that's uh, huge. Just just on that section. Then I, I it's like everything like came out like really well because then I was like, okay, I'm going to try that world and see if I can improve something. Mm-hmm. I found like some strategies at the very beginning, but I was like, okay, I'm maybe going to save three or four frames. But then just man, I think he linked me to an idea that was recorded by Circum Arc, and I don't know who f- discovered this route, but w- it was the frame walking. Uh, oh, in Bowser in the Dark World. Yeah, yeah, it was the frame walking. We actually didn't even know if that was going to save time, but then we did it like super fast. 
Then Tyler Kane is just me a fastest strat and I did it and it saved almost two seconds. So it was wow. like, okay, we are doing like, uh, so this started as a project that it was like a very, very tiny, well, not a tiny improvement, but there was only one change at the very beginning of the run. But then we are finding like improvements that are really, really big in every part of the run. So <laughs> I got like even more hype than hype. Then Dylan touches the final part of the of the run. Then Darkos optimized the whole BOB section, and I think he optimized the a booster in the sky entry also and <laughs> yeah i end up with doing dire dire dogs and booster in the sky and i it came out as a whole new project and it was really nice yeah it was really good i was i was very excited for that project because it was the first yeah i was around for like the one key project obviously but that was when i was like really new this is the first time i actually knew what was actually going on in a project <laughs> yeah so yeah that, yeah 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 i was very excited and obviously, I mean, I got to commentate it, but uh, uh, I'll just yeah, ignore and that. That was also really nice that we got the opportunity to show that on Summer uh, SDDQ. Um, yeah, because was... we were like, at least showing something new. It was like, in the previous GDQs, we are were always showing one key, zero star. Mm -hmm. Like, showing BLG, uh, like, Shindo any percent was, like, really cool. Yeah, it was different too. People are like, "Oh, I know Mario." That's yeah. the, they just do all this the whole time, you know. They've seen they've seen one key at that point. It was a new project. So uh, yeah, that was that was really cool, uh, and I was glad I was able to um, to actually show that off. But yeah, I I liked that project a lot. Also because I was like um, trying to lead it at 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 the end because. Mm -hmm. As soon as I saw it had potential, I was like, I want this project to be done. Like, uh, I think that's something that I have been trying to work on when I am involved in a project. I think I helped a lot in all the projects to be completed and mm -hmm. see what what is left. So in the one key, we had a lot of problems with the thick thack. Do you remember the thick thack movement in at the at the beginning of the run? Oh yeah, the uh, zigzag. Yeah, that was like really hard. Then I I was totally sad that we found that. I know, better I'm so sad. That, yeah, but I I helped a lot on that. Like to I want this to be done. So mm -hmm. in the one twenty star, also I was like, okay, we I want this project to be finished. And the and in this one, I, I was the same. I was like, okay, I want I will work on every part that nobody wants to work on, and mm -hmm. so the project gets finished. Yeah. Huh, yeah, that was. Man, now I'm just thinking about the zigzag movement. Uh, I gotta have Stick link that in the description because that was so cool. It was like you're going all over the place just to get the backwards yeah. jump into. I, th I think the thick thack movement is the most accurate and thick that we have ever done in a in a TAS in Super Mario 64. We it, Tyler Kinney had to develop a a simulator. A simulator to get that, and when once he fi figured out the whole movement of that, mm -hmm. uh, I had to like optimize perfectly up to. I mean, because he was simulating from the VLJ, like yeah, not yeah, yeah. the previous steps, and I had to like um, frame a uh, like a uh, task to like I don't know. It was like three or four decimals of the X and Z position in Oof. one specific frame. 
Jeez. And then it worked, and it was like, okay, nice. <laughs> and now we just BLJ directly into it, and people don't understand how yeah. hard it is, because it looks like they're just BLJ and straight into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and the problem is that that new strat is much easier than the thick tag, um, uh-huh. which took a lot of time to figure out, but well, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And speed is king at the end of the day, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I mentioned earlier that you're pretty rare among the SM64 tassers to actually tass other games. Like, there's only a couple, like uh, Xander does. Uh... Oh, God, are there any more? Um, there's only a couple people. So you, including not just doing other games, but you've also, I believe, the only tasser to directly work on the remake of Super Mario 64 on the DS. So how does tassing that game differ from the original so yeah before that as i as i said before the only reason i decided to test super mario 64 ds is because as i said i wanted to get into the super mario 64 community but mm. i didn't think that i had enough knowledge to like in be involved in the to the super mario 64 i was like what am i even going to do if everything is like very good optimized mm-hmm. so i just took like the little brother, like Super Mario 64 DS, <laughs> which nobody does it before, and it's like, okay, this is my opportunity to learn how to test a game mm-hmm. and figure out stuff by myself. Huh. And yeah, and yeah, then then I was able to work on yeah a few tasks, and then as soon as I thought that I was prepared, that's when I moved to Super Mario 64. So yeah, talking about Super Mario 64 DS, uh, I think it's actually very different. Uh, oh yeah, significantly. I mean, so. routing and all that is kind of the same, but the mechanics are a bit different, and the movement is really hard to do compared to Mario 64 because in Mario 64, you just have to like input your direction to mm-hmm. one angle, and you are going to get one angle. Mm-hmm. But in Super Mario 64 DS, I mean, I haven't been involved in the community since probably. 2013 so yeah probably there's like much more knowledge right now oh yeah but course. when i work on that i was the only person al- along with alactorn working on that mm-hmm. and the problem is that if your movement is real relative to where you start uh, holding your stylus huh like let's oh, yeah, say yeah, that I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah like, let's say that you start uh, like pressing your stylus like a bit top uh, right mm-hmm. from the screen. That's the new neutral like, position. Then that's a relative movement. If you move a bit to the right, then Mario is going to move to the right. If you move from there to the left, Mario is going to move to the right re- to the left, even though in your screen you are still a bit to the right. So yeah, it it's like a lot of relative movement. Also. Uh, walking and running depends on how I mean you can walk and run depend on how uh, like far away your your previous input was in the stylus I don't know if that makes sense it makes sense yeah it's relative yeah so so it was actually really hard and <laughs> <laughs> oh man I... so yeah, yeah. Uh, movement was really hard and to get used to that but I got the experience on finding new stuff that I thought in Super Mario 64 it was really hard to do because like a lot of stuff was already discovered. Mm-hmm. That was that was nice to to do. Yeah, and I mean even 
even today, like I think the DS has, I think, more untapped potential in terms of the stuff it has just by virtue of having like a smaller community. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 So uh, which one is the better task? Winky face. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I think I, I still like more Super Mario 64. The, the way it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Super Mario 64 DS, the problem with the D-pad and the stylus is like, it's, it's harder to do. It makes and, it much more complicated. And it, and it, yeah, and it's not even more rewarding. So I think I, 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 I will I will still stick to Super Mario 64. Right answer. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So that isn't the only DS game that you've tasked. You've also done and contributed to a lot of different Pokemon games, both on the DS and on other systems. Um, so how does the process for a game, a task like Pokemon, compare to a platformer like Mario 64? Yeah, the process is like 100% different because in Super Mario 64, Let's say that you need to be able to route and plan a task. There's also a community behind and probably if you don't even know how to route properly, you can still work on optimizing stuff. Mm -hmm. But in Pokemon Pearl, it's like 50% about knowing how to route, 49% about knowing the internal mechanics of the game and RNG and all of that. And it's 1% execution. Like, the execution is the easiest part. You don't really need to work on that. But yeah, cause... if you don't know how the game works, and if you don't know how to do a proper route, uh, you are not going to get anything. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, because the movement isn't really the focus of the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's still um, um, improvements that... I found uh, that were related to movement. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I don't I don't know how familiar you are with Pokemon, but you're talking about the Emerald Bonk. Did you find that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I found that. I found that. Yeah, yeah. That's the main example I was <laughs> going to give. Like, so what is that for you... reference? So when you are when your character is like facing one direction, mm-hmm. if you press forward to that direction, the character is just going to move straight away. But mm-hmm. if you change your direction, the character is going to take a few frames to turn around, and then it's going to move. Mm-hmm. So if you have something uh, in front of you, like an NPC or a, a wall or something, it's part it's faster to press up, so you bonk into that wall, and then you change your direction to the right or something. Hmm. So that saves a couple of frames, and obviously it's faster in, in yeah. the run. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's little stuff that you can find that, but it's most about route planning and understanding RNG. Like RNG is like everything. Yeah. Oh God. It's it'd be like if the entire game was uh, Snowman's yeah. Land, a hundred coins. Um, yeah. It's yeah, 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 yeah. And it's much more. But but the thing is, uh, for example, in Super Mario 64, like there's a lot a lot of decom right now, and in Pokemon. Because of competitive Pokemon, there's there were a lot of resources that oh, that were already there about mm-hmm. how RNG works. Yeah. So it was easy to like to work from there and and then like hmm. I I also had to find the stuff, but 
it was easier in that in that aspect. Huh, yeah, because yeah, with how crazy competitive Pokemon is, people have like yeah, they're not even they're not even they don't even care what a task was. They're like, what what's that? I just want to I just want to beat everybody with my full team. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, and it's the same. And also, the there was a taster before me, which was Fractal Fusion. Ah, uh, yeah. Attached from taskvideos.org, mm -hmm. and he documented a lot of uh, Pokemon speed running and tasking in the generation three mainly. Mm -hmm. So I could take all that information to do what I did, and it was really nice. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed your Pokemon tasks that you've made. Uh, I, how did you route? <laughs> this is just like a small question. Uh, how did you even route the void section? in the Pearl task, the most recent one. Yeah, okay, that's actually really hard to explain uh, without understanding like all the concepts that are behind because you need to understand about how the map works and it's basically an underflow glitch, mm -hmm. the void. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the... the I, I mean, if I wanted to explain like briefly, it would be like... Um, the map is stored into the memory RAM, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you try to, I mean, like, let's say that the map, uh, if you go, uh, like, to the top left of the map, mm -hmm. if you somehow still can move to the left, yeah, then, you're, then, then it's kind of an underflow glitch because you are going to go to the previous value in the RAM mm -hmm. address. And it happened to be the map ID. And if you, if you, how did you tell? Manipulate. If you work, yeah, if you play around with those map IDs, you can actually get to any, almost every part of the. Huh. So you are actually not in the place you think you are, but it's like you are telling the game that you are there. And if there are cutscenes, like for example, for the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. You're just activate, activating a cutscene as soon as you get into that area. So it's just as as soon as you get into that area, you are going to complete the game. So as soon as you find the number that is the ID number of that area in the mm -hmm. room, you complete. It's kind of like that. I'm actually trying to work on a video explaining uh, all that. Oh, that'll I be don't know, great. I don't know how when I will finish it. I will actually explaining. It's more focused on speed running. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about Pokemon, I mean, in from my perspective, is that Generation Four, for example, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon speed running and Tassin is almost the same. Yeah, because it's so low level. Because you point. can actually you can actually control the RNG in a, in a speed run, so you are actually like life Tassin. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> So, so it's actually really cool, and I have worked on that as well. And I will try to explain uh, how Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, any person world record, works, like every aspect of the run. But I don't know when I will finish it. I I will try to to work on it. Wow, I'll I'll be looking forward to that. That sounds really cool. Oh man. So that is one DS game. You are Mario Kart Dasher, as it is. You have played Mario Kart DS for a long time. A long time. I was planning to make a joke about how it was Mortal Kombat Dasher, but no, that's... No, that's I'll cut <laughs> yeah, that. Everybody asked that. <laughs> so, you've had like hundreds of times in what I would call... is. Would you consider it your main RTA game? 
uh, Mario Kart DS. Yeah, it's my it's my main, and currently is the only one I think. Hmm. So, because I mean, I it, if if we are talking about the strictly speed running, I have only been involved in Mario Kart DS. I tried to to enter into Mario Kart Wii, but I wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. And then when I was involved in Pokemon speed running. It was because I found a lot of new strategies and I wanted to do them before anybody else so to have the free world record. <laughs> but <laughs> but I I never had the motivation to like uh, do two hour speedruns. Like yeah. I have been always doing time trialing which is like much shorter. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, it's my main RTA game. Nice. So what made you pick up that one versus others in the Mario Kart series? Because you mentioned picking up Wii. For example, so the way okay, as I said before, like every new game I have picked is because I of games mm-hmm. I have picked as a child. Yeah. So Super Mario sixty four was the main game, the like platformer game. But in Mario Kart, I start I actually started with Mario Kart Super Circuit. Oh wow. But I mean, I was actually really young. It was also in the early two thousands mm-hmm. and. I didn't even have any contact with any community, so I just played. Yeah, you're just playing the game myself. I think I, I I was actually pretty good to not being a, um, how do you say? I was pretty good, uh, even though I didn't. Like, even though you were have a noob. Contact with, with yeah, even though I I didn't have any contact with any community. Mm-hmm. But then I got like in. Mario Kart DS was released in 2005, so I think I started playing in 2006, mm-hmm. again casually. Yeah. But I was like, the, the cool thing that Mario Kart DS had, it was like, there was like the staff ghost that you could beat. So mm-hmm. I was like, it kept motivating me to, to improve. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as I thought I was good, I internet was like getting more popular like in terms of mm, games and forums and all that stuff yeah so i started to check who had the best records mm-hmm. then i find out i was still very bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah you think you're really and good then it and was then in, you, you and see then, uh, yeah and then in 2008 i decided like okay i want to join this community and it was like when i was 16 17 years old i had a lot of free time and I grinded it a lot and and I got really good at the game and then that's what I have been what I have kept playing huh. until now. Like right now it would be really hard for me to to pick up a new game. Yeah. Yeah. Just cuz you've been playing this one for so long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so basically you just you just you barely missed out on the one time Mario Kart DS was an Evo. Do you know about that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I mean, I was still really young but by then, so I don't think I will have gone anyway. <laughs> but if it but ever made yeah. a return, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you've been playing that game since you said, since like around like 2006, like that era. So you've had a record stand for a long time. Uh, it doesn't stand anymore, but it, stand, it yeah. stood for a really long time, over 11 years. Um, how... Why did it stand for so long? Like, give me the lowdown. So, there are... 
actually right now, well, that, that was the, the Shroom Raid, mm -hmm. which stood for 11 years. I think nobody was good at that track, and the run was beatable. I mean, I kind of showed it this year, because I beat that time now by 0 0.7. Oh yeah, that's pretty big. Which is yeah. a, which is really big. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, it's very tricky because mm, the cars first, yeah, the car situation at the very end. Mm, like basically, you had to be like zero point two or zero point three faster to actually beat it because mm. the car situation at the very end was really hard. And ah. then finally, Max was able to beat it because he had a better ending than me. I think the car situation was kind of the same than my run, but he found a f faster ending strat. Mm -hmm. And then I came back, I improved it, and then I was like, okay, I think I can PR before two laps and grind on that and improve it even more. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the record is standing right now. There's another record that is 11 years old now, which is the Sky Garden Shortcut Fastest Lap. Oh really? Huh. And that's yeah, that's something I grinded a lot back in 2010 and there's it's a very very di difficult shortcut to pull off and I actually nobody else has pulled it off yet. Oh wow. So it's funny because it's a fast lap which it's 18.757 and the second record is 1 second uh, slower. Wow, and it's been that way for like 10 years or 11 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I, I think that record can still stand for a long time. So let's see. Yeah, wow. It's... Yeah, so because of this, I was checking like what was the longest lasting standing world records by, by now. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's a record that hasn't been submitted uh because the people, the person that got that world record didn't want it to be submitted because it was a, I think it was a Japanese player like ah. uh, back in the day, but it has been standing in Super Mario Kart for since 2008. So Jeez. that's the longest standing world record right now, I think, from that, what I have here. Yeah. That's so long. That's crazy. Oh, man. But I'm happy because I think the second one is currently the Sky Garden Club. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just in the in a series as massive as Mario Kart to have a thing just stand for that long is crazy. Great job to you. Yeah, um, thank you. So, right now you have more than double the world records of your closest competitor of the ones that I could find in my brief search. Um, do you think you're ever going to try and go for the full sweep? Um, I don't think I can because there are a few tracks that I don't think I'm able to get the world record. I mean, if I like uh, wanted to grind like mm -hmm. so much, I think I would be able to get almost every world record except, except two or three. Okay. But I don't have the time to work on that yeah. many different tracks right now. I mm -hmm. like if you see like my activity in Mario Kart is like right now it's like I come back in like six or seven months. I play from one month, then I I go away again, and then yeah. I maybe because it's like it's a big commitment. Uh, yeah, it's very hard to play and 
and for the, it's physically hard to play because oh, yeah. of the left hand and the right hand. So because it's basically like uh, just there's a bunch of snaking, basically just going back and yeah. forth. Yeah. So when I was 16 years old, it was like much easier, and yeah. that's when I improved the most. But now it's I still have the level at uh, the top level than that I have been having, but mm-hmm. but it's harder to play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So and right now there are two Japanese players that are getting getting really good, and they are going to take a lot of world records. So let's uh, see how. Let's see at the end of 2021 how many world records I have. I don't know. I think you still might have a lot. I think. Yeah, I I think I will too, but I probably lose like ten or twelve. Ah. Uh, well, either way, you'll still you'll probably still have the one shortcut one. Yeah. <laughs> So, how many DSs have you gone through in your 12-year history with Mario Kart DS? Okay, that's actually funny because I have only been playing with one DS. Wow, really? And Yeah, and I'm going to tell you one thing. I have actually had a, a second DS, mm-hmm. and I couldn't play Mario Kart DS on it because, um, because of using DS that much, like the D-pad get, gets like... Worn in? Yeah, I would call it like that. And with the new DS, it was like super hard to to do the snaking for me. Hmm. And I couldn't adapt to it. I may maybe if I played for one month on that, I would have been adapt to it and play normally. But I yeah. was like, okay, I cannot play with this. I go back to the previous huh. DS. So ever since so, like yeah, I I broke the DS twice and oh, no. I've replaced the shell and all that, but I never changed for a new DS. Huh. That's wow. That's pretty crazy to me. Just playing for Yeah. Huh. So that world that DS has had a combined like how many world records have you gotten on that one DS? Oh so many. <laughs> oh man. Not the not the Pokemon World Records. The Pokemon World Records I played on the second DS because I could play properly there. Because mm-hmm. it's less physically demanding. Yes, less physically demanding. I mean uh, Pokemon Pearl and Heart Gold have this glitch called Tweaking Glitch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually, I mean, you actually need to be able to to press fast the D-pad. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, no, it's not that hard to play on that. Yeah, it's it's a lot more mental as we talked about earlier. Yeah. 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 So. Switching gears for a bit, I did want to get this section. I'll I'll shorten this section a little bit because we've been going for a while. But um, switching gears back to SM64, uh, you helped run the SM64 task competitions from 2018 to 2020. Uh, what was your role in that? I use. I mean, let me think. Yeah, in 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was when I was mostly working on the I mean, or, or, on a task organizer. Mm-hmm. I was mainly the one that was developing tools to time stuff, and I was the guy that was timing stuff. Hmm. Because I wasn't really that good at making new uh, at making the the tasks. Hmm, makes like, sense. There was other other people that were better task designers than me. Ha. Huh. So like, so I was involved in to all the other parts, but not ex- not specifically the task designing role. 
Ah, uh, makes sense. So you were the, you were the person that was helping a lot with like. So like you made just like the timing scripts and etc. Yeah. Nice. So how often do those actually work? Like, there's had to be at least a couple stories where they just messed up. Um, you mean as a as an organizer in general? Or? I I just mean like I don't know. I like the scripts. I mean, I guess. Okay, so I mean, for the timing of scripts, we didn't have any problem. I think that's good. Uh, except for a few runs, what we found it at the very end. I think that some runs got caught, like when people stop recording before they get the star or something. Mm. The timing of script will tell that it's a DNF or something, but. I th people, I mean, even though we had the timing scripts, people will still check, double check manually to see if there's any was a yeah. DQ or not. So DQs we we check man manually every time. So nice. But the timing scripts by itself, I don't think they had any problem. Uh, like nice. we improved the timing script from from time to time. Like at the very end of, I mean, the Super Mario 64 competitions in we had uh how was it called um the ones that had like quarterfinals semifinals oh the uh, tournament yeah the tournament uh the, the scripts were much better like uh, you took like a whole a folder of files and it will uh, time everything in that folder oh wow that's so seems... but yeah but at the beginning it, it was just um input in the timing script for each of one file and you just check the time and load it down. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, I was a bit involved also in the task creating, but I wouldn't like... You weren't like a main one, myself. yeah. Yeah, I, I will just do a, a very, very small test of the task just to see, like, okay, it can be interesting or not. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I mean, those are some very interesting tasks. So good job. Your tests worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't just work behind the scenes in the task competitions, too. You also were an entrant in a lot of them. You even won a full set in the 2018 competition. So yeah. in that moment, how did you feel to know that you were the best in the community? Active I mean community. the best, but the best comp in task competition, I guess. Because that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> you cannot really, you cannot really take the the saying who's the best, like in tasking in general, Super Mario 64. Yeah, because I think I think task competition requires something different. That, for example, single stars. Like single stars, uh, the most rewarding thing is being able to optimize. Mm -hmm. Or being able to be super creative, that's something that hasn't found before. But in task competition, it's rewarded when you are consistent at, at tasking mm -hmm. on a high level and having a lot of experience. So, yeah, I think in 2018, the community was growing a lot, but not everybody had that experience that probably they have now. Yeah. So, I had a lot of advantage even though there were people that were already really good. Mm -hmm. But there was just less of them. 
and I knew, uh, like, I was dashing in a, in the competition, and I knew for the fact that if I did a good run, I was going to get top three. Because I, the way I dashed back then, uh, the way I approach dashing in competitions, mm -hmm. I knew that people were going to screw up somewhere because they don't think of how to optimize properly and <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like very very consistent in that in that thing huh. nice because i think people like uh, as, as i said is is not the same in task competition and single stars and i think in task competition people will like that a lot by feelings mm -hmm. uh, i mean for example you are in a place and and it's like you have to get this red coin I, it looks the fastest and okay i have found a super cool strategy so i'm just going to do this without testing everything else yeah and i was like different i was like okay first i'm going to calculate the 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 movement that takes the less distance then i i'm going to check similar routing and then and i was like building my strategy i i think i have been planning my testing more than people that people have been just straight straight away testing for the beginning mm, okay missing a, a lot of strats so i think that's why i was better in test competition back then now i think there's a lot of people that are good so it wouldn't be the same i don't know don't sell yourself short that's all i have to say i mean i i don't know either <laughs> <laughs> nice well so um, which is your favorite run that you did, you think? That I did? Yeah, that you did. Um, That's hard, because, I mean, I guess it's two of them. Mm -hmm. The um, Probably Boucher in the Dark World, when I work on the Shindo Glitchless. Mm-hmm. Because of what it meant, it was like, okay, we are finally, we are finding improvements of two seconds in 2019, which is like yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, well, I, I guess you can tell the same about the 30 star skip, but it also meant that we were going to be able to do a new project that had a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But Talking about maybe single stars, the thing I had the most fun doing was when we tested um, tiny huge island 100 coins. Oh yeah, because just because that's for like the first time, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I have, yeah, I mean there was that already a task by Vauru showing mm -hmm. the strategy. Yeah. But I RNG manipulate the first three Goombas perfectly. I found oh, a wow. new strat and understood a bit more how the glitch worked. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun to test that. Yeah, that... I always I the thing is I always wanted to have a a, a competition task uh, with this glitch involved, but nobody <laughs> wanted to. Oh, that that would have <laughs> been so much fun. There's because no one knows I, how it, it works. It felt like really cool testing that because it was like a new glitch and mm -hmm. I, I I had the most fun with that with that single star. Yeah, I could definitely understand why because the shell glitch just makes it it opens up so many possibilities that you never see. Like, yeah. Yeah. Including just like at the very end of that star and the outside just clipping through the wall, going straight to the entrance. Yeah, I found that strat by by a chance, by mistake. I was like, I jumped into the Goomba the uh, on the top of that, 
-hmm. then I kept running the emulator, and then I suddenly went through the map, and I, okay, I, I think I found a shortcut. A shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I mean, I, I love the shell glitch so much. It's like... Yeah. And especially now that it might be useful in Snowman's Land 100. Not 100, but uh, Reds. Yeah, yeah that, that new strat that Eru did, I think, was super cool to see. Yeah, the the, the forwards-backwards long jump. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I, I mean, Eru has to be one of my favorite testers of what things he is able to find. Yeah, he's so creative. Yeah. Like Death Star. Like no glitch, matter how many tools, uh, how many tools you get, like a strobe, decomp, or whatever, you still need to find stuff mm -hmm. that way. And Eru is very good at that. Like, yeah, just yeah. just the very. He found creative. also the death glitch on. I mean, the death star respawn on with the monkey star. Mm -hmm. The new glitchy walk is that like you go super fast. Uh, Oh yeah, in, in yeah, in TTM also. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, he he does a lot of good stuff, and it's really cool to see. Yeah, SM64 is definitely much better. Like it's a like much cooler with all the like cool things that they found. Yeah. <laughs> so on here's here's the last here's the last series of questions. Here's the last. We're gonna start winding down with a couple various questions. So. This was okay. one I thought was really cool. Uh, what was it like to watch the tasks live back with cheese? Okay, so I was totally a bit nervous at the beginning because um, I have never been live like on camera before. Mm -hmm. But I think cheese knew that and he helped me a lot with that and yeah. to feel like super comfortable and that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And seeing that live, it was cool because I was looking at the chat. I, I also I was nervous because I have never been in a chat with like one thousand people. <laughs> yeah. And and reading the chat and people like having like very good feedback. So it was actually I got motivated like during the stream and I got comfortable with it. So in the end, it was like really nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was uh, a really yeah, cool thing I, to watch. Yeah, and also we talk after off stream with him and sharing points of view. And it's true that I mean we have a lot of different points of view because I mainly TAS the game and he speed run it. Mm -hmm. So we have different knowledge of the same game, which is actually interesting. Yeah, it's kind of funny how there's a lot of like SM64 stuff. Like they can tell you like the RTA strategies they use, and we can tell you like the yeah. chat strategies, but they're not really like. That's similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, and also about knowledge itself. Like, I can tell him why something is faster technically because we care more about we care more about that. For mm -hmm. example, when like a double jump kick is faster here because whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then he can tell me lack reduction. He can explain me that because we don't have that in emulation. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Open. So we have like different knowledge, but. Some knowledge we use more, some knowledge they use more. Like it's actually interesting. Huh. I've never yeah, I never even thought about lag reduction. Yeah, that's a thing a lot of tasters don't really have a lot of experience with. Huh. Yeah, exactly, because we don't do it. We we don't have to do it because our emulator doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. So on to another various question. Um who was your dream task collaborator? Who would you 
would you like to collaborate with the most? Hmm, that's a really hard question. I have never think before, I think. Um, because, I mean, people that I... I mean, it will be in games I have already tasked. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, probably the best people I can think of, I have already worked with them. So <laughs> Minor flex, really just saying. <laughs> I mean, it's actually really hard to... T- I mean, right now, with the community, it's actually really easy to work with almost everybody, so... Yeah. So, I, I don't know if I am able to find a good answer of this. Uh, huh. I will need to think about that. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, maybe we could think about that. You can, you can answer it in the comments later. I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what is your favorite task you've ever seen that you didn't make? Favorite task? Okay. That you played like so, no part in. Hmm. If it was about Super Mario 64, it would be any of the Eru tasks, as I said mm-hmm. before. <laughs> well, let's say a non-SM64 task. But if, if it was, yeah, I mean, yeah, if it was non-Super Mario 64. That's, I have a, yeah, that's a bit of a hard question. I mean, I have hard ones at the of, end, right? If I, I, yeah, yeah, the thing is, I, I have seen a lot of really cool tasks, but since I haven't been involved in them, I forget about them really easily. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, it's... Makes sense. I'm not sure right now. I'm not sure right now. The Mario Kart TAS, I mean, the Mario Kart DS TASs are really cool. Ah, there you go. I have never been involved in Mario Kart DS testing, but they are really cool. They do a lot of stuff that we cannot do in RTA, so... There you so go. It's actually really cool. And Mario Kart Wii, because um, it's also something I, I like watching, because um, it's kind of the same as in Super Mario 64 DS. Mm-hmm. I was involved in Mario Kart Wii testing at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But right now the community has evolved that a lot, and I think Mario Kart Wii. I'm not sure if it does even a, have a bigger community than Super Mario 64. Doesn't is almost the same, I would say. Really, huh? But the thing is that uh, you cannot really see that because they don't really work on full run TAS. So they are do a lot of hmm. time trial in tasks, but. There's like so many people involved in Mario Kart Wii right now, huh. and there's a, so so many tricks about um, how is it called uh, that are really cool to see that you can't really do RTA either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Task only tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super grinding is one of the. I I don't know if you have seen any of. Oh yeah, where they Wii like classes. bounce up and down. I I have some knowledge. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I knew what you were talking about with the yeah, Emerald yeah. Bonk. I ha- I know what super grinding is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see. I see that you, you, you do, you do. So super grinding is actually really fun to see. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's like some other tasks that I have liked a lot, but I cannot remember right now because I haven't been involved in them. So, well, in in those games specifically, I mean. Well, there you go. There you go. I mean, I think that was a pretty good answer, honestly. Some. Yeah. There you go. Um. So. Do you have any advice for new tassers? 
Um, I think the advice I could give for new testers is that first of all, you need to have fun testing because mm-hmm. you cannot really like attempt to learn everything super quickly. Like you need to like go slowly, learning all the tricks, and try also if if you want to take testing like a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Like take your time and uh, learning the tricks and learning to use uh, all the resor- all the resources we have like a Stroop and mm-hmm. all that because people I think they get really lazy to do that. Um, they, they just want to get their runs do... out the door. Yeah and yeah exactly, and they don't really learn how to test. I think I would say that. Huh, that's a good way of looking at it. I think. So what's here's a, the last question of the various questions, Black. What is next for you? Okay, so next for me, I think, I mean, right now, for the last years, I have been in a situation where I'm rotating games all the time between mm-hmm. Pokemon Mario Kart and Super Mario 64. Yeah. And right now I'm like kind of coming back to Pokemon a little bit. To make explanation videos. Yeah, yeah. Because I need to rest from tasking from day to time. I need to rest from doing time trials. Mm-hmm. So I, I cannot really tell what's my close future going to be. Like maybe I start tasking Super Mario 64 in three months, maybe in one year. Maybe <laughs> I go back to Mario Kart DS. Maybe. I don't know. Huh. I kind of keep rotating, depends on my mo- motivation. As Makes for sense. new games, I don't. It it would be really hard for me to pick up a new game uh, as mm-hmm. of passing and yeah. speed running it because I mean I still play a lot of games casually, but in terms of speed running, I think it will still be those three. There you go. Well, I'm excited to see. I am excited to see that explanation video you've been talking about. Uh... I've 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 been a fan of those runs. I'm just saying. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So now we're on to the actual final section, the Patreon questions. Thanks to all the Patreons that have been supporting um Yukiki Cast over the past couple of months, past year. Um first one. If you saw a baby holding a delicious piece of candy, would you take it from the baby and eat it? <laughs> Um, I'm not a real fan of candy stuff, so maybe it was a burger or something. <laughs> All right, so if it was a burger, if the baby had the burger, would you eat the burger? <laughs> Depends if he he started to eat or not, I guess. <laughs> it's it's uneaten burger, like still oh, fresh. Uh, would you take be, it from the baby? <laughs> that that can be tempting. I guess I I wouldn't. <laughs> that is tempting. <laughs> That's fair. That's the honestly the best way I've heard it put. I a part of me would want to, but I probably wouldn't. It's the babies. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next Patreon question: How the hell did you get an animated Twitter profile picture? Okay. Yeah, that's an, a nice question. So Twitter allowed a animated a profile pictures back in 2012. I don't know how long it lasted. Maybe in 2013 as well. Mm-hmm. So that was my profile picture back in 2012. Uh-huh. Then they disabled that. And nobody can 
add animated tw Twitter profiles anymore, but the ones that were created back then are still there. They're grandfathered in. So basically, I haven't changed my profile picture <laughs> since then, and I'm done. I'm, I don't have any plan on changing it because I will lose my animated Twitter. Yeah, profile. it's so cool. <laughs> Oh man! So, yeah, I think it's cool because, like, right now, like, not many people have that. Yeah, I think you're the only person I can really think of that actually has that. And I always just look at it sometimes and like, man, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's basically that's basically it. I think it was in YouTube something similar, but I haven't seen anybody with an animated YouTube mm -hmm. profile picture. So I don't know if that was completely remote or not. It's probably. But in Twitter, it, it works like that. Yeah. Huh. Dang. So if you want to have now an animated profile picture, you just can't. <laughs> yeah, go back in time like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, for the final Patreon question, uh, when is more SM64 Task Piano covers? I, I actually would love to do more piano content, but I need to think about what to do. Well, I have about, had a very good ideas, but mm -hmm. how about like single stars? As, I had one idea of trying to complete a Super Mario Bros by just playing the piano, <laughs> but it was it was very hard. But I was able to. I mean, I mapped my piano keys in a way that they will like move to the right or to the left, mm -hmm. and I was completely I was able to complete a Super Mario Bros. One One, huh? By by playing the Super Mario song. So. <laughs> really? That... So I I had that idea in mind, and one day I will try to go back to that idea. But I don't know. I mean, I I would love super cool. to do more piano content. Yeah. That seems that would seem super yeah. cool. Honestly. Yeah, talking talking about that, I saw... Hap you, do you know Happily, right? Yeah, I know Happily. Have you seen his video that he sings to... Oh, yeah. Well, That's super cool. Does he? It's not really singing, right? It's like yeah, the... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's like... Yeah, the like hand instrument, I think pitch. he calls it. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, you, you have to like go to a specific pitch to like do what he wants. Yeah. Huh. It's similar to singing, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have had a lot of ideas that I could do with like piano and Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Bros. I I took that because I mean the movement is mm -hmm. easier now. Like it's simple and easy to understand. Obviously, like... obviously, obviously, speed running is not easy at all in that game. But oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mod, I mean, play casually is much easier. Mm -hmm. It's very accessible. So I had. I had a lot of ideas and about doing Super Mario 64 task piano covers. I mean that's hard because i think it will be repetitive at yeah the end, but but having ideas with piano itself i mean i would like to do more but i need to think and have the time to do it also hmm. I, I that would be very interesting i'd love to see more of that content um so re reaching close to the end here uh this has been a great podcast a uh, great episode so far um is there anything i missed that you'd like to talk about not that I can think of, I think. Like, nice. We have talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, well, 
There you go. Thank you, MK Dasher, for being for being here on the seventh episode of Yukiki Cast. Uh, it's been a great episode. I really much really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, sorry for <laughs> putting off the scheduling for so long. Mostly my fault. Uh, it's it's fine. I mean, it it was a really nice experience for me also. Um, as you know, I I'm not really used to speaking English that much as I as I type. So yeah. it's totally a good experience for me to to do this. Oh yeah, you were you were great. Your English was great. I'm like you were great. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, this wraps up the seventh episode of Yukiki Cast. I have been your host, One Ten Fifty Nine. This has been the MK Dasher episode. We will see you guys next time. Peace out.